It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program with me in the KFG office, KFG Studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. When you're in the decade of your 50s, you have all kinds of competing financial goals, don't you, and priorities. Think college for the kids. You might be changing your house. Um, you, you might be doing weddings or getting focused on your retirement. We're going to help you unpack and deal with the balancing act with all of those various competing goals on this hour of the Wise Money Show. That's right. We're continuing our series on most important or biggest financial decisions, best financial advice broken down by decade. We're hitting the 50s today. If you have a question for the program or have any needs that we could uh, offer some some help with, reach out. You can call or text us 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000 online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Okay, guys, hot take. Just just first thing that comes to mind, so single best financial planning advice that you'd give some generic person who's in their 50s right now. What, what would you say? To someone, you're speaking right to someone who's in their 50s, what would you tell them about their finances? Buy a Ferrari. <laughs> Don't listen to Josh. No, what I would say then. I was going to say a Lamborghini. I, really? I, you, whenever you see a Ferrari on the streets, I, I pulled up behind one and I said, boys, we're going to go around this Ferrari. Look who's driving it. It's going to be some old fat dude. Oh. And hey, we were right. Easy on the old fat dudes. <laughs> hey. So g- get it while you're younger. Uh, that's, that's my advice. Is that uh, good? Get the Ferrari while Not you're good. younger? No, Not good. No. We might scratch <clears throat> that one from the record. Kevin, what do you got? <laughs> um, I, would, I would tell you two things. This is likely the most important decade of your financial life. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a coach and a plan, get one. Yeah. That, get get one right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you don't you don't want to turn 60 without already having that discipline and that pattern in place in your life of meeting regularly with a a financial planner because um Boy, you, you start getting into crunch time on most of your goals and things. And if you don't have a great plan in place and a great coach helping you avoid the missteps along the way. So if hopefully you've already got that in place and you've had it in place for decades. But if you don't already in your 50s, you have to. Now's the time. Don't yeah. wait any longer. And as a guy in my 50s, the, the difference is if you, if you make a financial mistake in your 20s, it's it, you're somewhat Teflon. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't really stick. Like, oh, that was a bad thing, and I'm going to suffer for six months or something like that. You can make a financial mistake in your fifties that can change the trajectory of your entire financial life, your your family's financial tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is this is where the you, you've got you, you've got enough resources where you're you're finally dangerous. And there are all kinds of resource allocation decisions and competing priorities. And so you really, really, really want to make sure that your contingencies are in place. Because when you look at this, it's quite possible that you have just entered uh, being uh, the, the sandwich generation where you're taking care of parents and you're taking care of adult children. Yep. Uh, or grandchildren, you're um, 
you're you're experiencing a health change, you're experiencing a career change, all of these things, and these these are very challenging financially to navigate in your 50s. That's right. Now, the good thing that you have going often is maybe you're in your peak earning years as well. Yeah. You know, you've, as you said, you've got resources, you've accumulated some wealth, you have big income coming in. And the risk in a scenario like that is that maybe you get a little loose with your finances and you get almost undisciplined, start building some bad habits as you're entering towards retirement. But this is the exact time to get even more disciplined, to get more dialed in on some of those expenses, because they're going to be coming at you, all kinds of demands for that cash. And uh, you'll have some of your own wants as well. But, uh, you know, this is the whole reason why getting dialed in and focused on your financial planning at this time is so critical. Uh, That's exactly what I would have said. You guys just said it better than, than I would have. It's time in your 50s. It's time to take an honest look at your financial life. A true look, start start doing that math, start doing that analysis. Hopefully you've done it before, but yes, this is the time where you need to be meeting regularly with your certified financial planner who's doing comprehensive financial planning and you're starting to map out what, what, what pace are you on, what adjustments do you need to make and make sure that you don't, you know, you take your eye off the ball. So often people show up in their, early 60s trying to get started and it's too late and now it's well this is you know we've just got to make some final adjustments here and and uh, but in your 50s there's still enough time to to do something about it so I, I think if we look at the six areas of financial planning there's six areas to your financial life to mine to kevin's and good news to warren buffett's as well it's the same okay um you've got your present financial position you've got protection planning Third is tax planning. Fourth is investment planning, which most people just focus on that. Nope, it's just one of the six areas, okay? Fifth is retirement planning and, and college planning. You throw that in there too. And then the sixth is estate planning. And you've, in order to make great financial decisions, you've got to look at how those financial decisions are going to impact all six of those areas. Most financial decisions will impact multiple and if you're not aware of that, then how can you make great choices to ensure that you're bringing synergy to those six areas, okay? So with that in mind, we're gonna kind of run around the circle and hit each of the six areas and talk about what are the biggest things you need to be aware of in, in your 50s. And we're gonna, Kevin doesn't want us to go in order. So we're gonna start <laughs> with retirement planning in your 50s because to me, that's likely the one that you're gonna be focused on the most at this time is building that five-factor retirement plan. Well, that's often the reason why new folks show up on our doorstep looking for a certified financial planner to work with because they've reached their 50s, they're uh, maybe launching kids from the nest and starting to realize, hey, we're on borrowed time here and our own retirement is becoming the focus now. It's not just getting established in our careers or getting the kids educated and, and established. No, we need to be ready for our own retirement. So. Um, if now is when you're beginning to turn your attention to your retirement, it's important to take inventory. What have you already been doing? Mm-hmm. Hopefully you've already been in contribution mode for years and years, decades maybe, um, and you've begun to accumulate some, some resources that are earmarked for retirement. Now it's time to really craft the game plan, if you, again, if you don't already have it, with a certified financial planner. They're going to sit down with you and talk through uh, you know, kind of what's your vision for retirement? 
What do you want life to look like? What's your lifestyle going to be? Where are you going to live? How much do you want to be spending? That kind of thing. So now is the time to be essentially sitting down with the architect who's going to help you dream up your your dream house for and, retirement. And then you're going to be looking at different blueprints and you're yep. going to be making adjustments along the way. We're talking about a five-factor retirement plan. What age do you want to be done? What 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 in ultimate usually you're going to have a couple different ages. Well, ideally I'd like to be done at this age. I would hope that I'm done by this age. And if I need to, you know, I'll work until this age, right? Um that's the that's the first. The second factor is how much you're going to be spending. Okay. And there's all sorts of quick and easy cheater shortcut retirement analyses out there that try to get you to retirement spending. Nope. Nope. Just figure out, okay, here's, here's what our baseline spending is. Here are the new expenses that we're going to have in retirement, Medicare, and maybe some extra vacations, those sorts of things. Here are the expenses we won't have that we currently have today. So spending second, third is your income sources. That's where you'll optimize social security. When's the right time to draw? Do you have a pension? Do you have rental real estate? Do you have other income coming in? Fourth is how much you have saved up for investments and how much are you saving? Should it be more? Are you ahead of pace? And then fifth is how much risk are you taking in your investments? How much risk are you comfortable with? We're certainly feeling that risk right now. We're going to pick this back up, talk about retirement planning and more. That and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What should you be focused on financially in your 50s? We're helping you with that and more right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. With me in the KFT studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Uh, stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Talking about the most important financial decisions that you need to make in your 50s. Josh gave us an example of what not to do right at the beginning of the show. <laughs> do not buy a, a midlife crisis car. That's what he said. Don't buy a midlife crisis car. Um, but what really, all kidding aside, what should you be focused on? And most likely in your 50s, this is the time you get serious about your retirement plan. This is the time where you actually build that five-factor retirement plan. Ideally, you've got one built earlier, okay? But you're going to fine-tune it or build it for the first time in your 50s. And you're going to see, okay, are you on track to retire when you want to and in the manner that you want to? And if you're not, what trade-offs do you need to make? That's a, a Kevin phrase, and it's perfect because trade-offs are, well, I was hoping to spend seven grand a month and retire at age 62. Well, I can still retire at 62, but I only need to spend five grand a month. Or I could still retire at 62 if I increase my savings by 15 grand a year. Or uh, I can spend the seven grand a month but I've got to retire at 65. Those are the trade-offs. And you're going to have that perfect clarity. And as soon as that's clear from your certified financial planner, the world will change. And that's why it's important to build this five-factor retirement plan, but then tune into it at least once a year to see have things evolved, have things changed. One of the hardest things that we've had to do as financial advisors, financial planners with retirement plans over the past few years is explain health insurance costs going up. Mm-hmm. Hey, you were on track. You're saving the right amount. And then you come in and, and you tell the client, hey, you previously had a 91% confidence rate and now it's 83. Well, why? I've been doing the right stuff and the market's gone up up until now. Uh, yeah, I know. But health insurance expenses have gone up significantly and therefore that's the new reality, right? So someone's going to move your cheese. You're not in control of all this <laughs> stuff and, and that's why you tune into it. So what else, guys, with retirement planning, you need to be aware of? Were you going to mention, Kevin, the uh, 
the changes that happen when you hit in your 50s, you suddenly get to contribute more to retirement accounts, right? You do. Some of these buckets get bigger for you to be able to contribute to. Yeah, I like big buckets. I cannot lie. <laughs> and, and I think, I, 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 so here's the great thing. At 50, uh, the contribution limits change. Um, the and, year you turn age fifty, the, oh, you get this question a lot. If you turn yeah. if you turn fifty on Christmas, then oh, sorry about your luck. That's been a bad. It's been a bad uh, childhood for you. But <laughs> but you could have contributed. You can contribute this higher amount for that for that year. Right, and and so that starts to get pretty exciting because when you think about that with a with an IRA, um, in 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 our current reality, I could do. Uh, six thousand. Well, when I hit fifty, the year in which I turned fifty, I can do seven thousand. If I had a four hundred one k in for twenty twenty two, it was it's twenty thousand five hundred for anyone. And the catch up is still sixty five hundred, I believe, right? So it's twenty seven thousand, right? Total. And yep. so you might be listening to that and saying, "Hey, wait a minute! I can't save twenty seven thousand dollars. The buckets are bigger than I can actually afford to do." That's fine. That's why you need a financial planner mm-hmm. because you should be looking. I would say in your fifties, um, you and and I, for, at the risk of jumping around here, but it's all this is where it's all connected together. And you want to have a financial plan, and and you want to have a process, not products. Mm-hmm. So think process. What is my process? Because really, you should be graduating in your fifties from having uh, consumer debt to the extent that it's possible, uh, unsecured debt, try to graduate from having secured debt. Yeah, like a mortgage. Like a mortgage. So, and as you do that, and as you graduate from having college expenses for the kiddos, all these things, there should likely be resources that get freed up. And I would have a great plan for those. And so you say, hey, I can put more money into my retirement plans. At 55, I can put more money into my HSA account. Mm -hmm. If I retire in the year in which I turn 55, I can pull money out of my 401k without without penalty. penalty. And 59... I, All this might sound really boring to some people, though. Like, it, are you kidding me? Like, I, I've been working so hard to get these kids out of the house. I'm ready to start having some fun. But, boy, you, you almost have to reframe what fun is because contributing or playing catch-up on these retirement goals may be really, really critical. You, you might be behind schedule. And so, as you're saying, Kevin, when debt gets paid off and when – Kids are, there's less mouths to feed at home, that kind of thing. You may have some cash flow being freed up. And if you're not capturing the right portion of it, then the fun might be pretty short lived because you might get to retirement underfunded. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you have to start saying no to yourself down the road as opposed to maybe not yet uh, today. Fewer mouths, but at least in my experience, bigger bellies. So (laughs) it it can offset there. Um, Yeah. So here we're going to segue because you can't talk about these these six areas independently. And guys, that is the big message. That's why the Wise Money Show exists. That's why Corhorn Financial Group exists is because you can't look at your financial life independently. Mm -hmm. You just you truly cannot. You need a comprehensive approach. And so investment planning, it's interesting in your 50s. And I'll tell you right now, because Josh, what you're talking about, Kevin, what you're talking about, being able to contribute more. Who wants to contribute more right now? 
Yeah, no, right. nobody. No that, one. And and we would scream into the microphone, yes, you do. My goodness. this If you're feeling a little bit behind in your 50s, you've got an opportunity to invest even more at discounted prices. Well, when's it going to come back up? I don't know. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you just, you're now able to buy stocks on sale and they might get even more on sale. I don't know. That's fantastic. So when you're in your 50s, this is the interesting thing, guys, and I know you've seen this too. From an investment standpoint, you start realizing, oh, my time horizon's shorter. (laughs) But your time horizon's actually still long. And so you you are, there's a little bit of, um, I don't know, identity crisis when it comes to investing. And especially during times of volatile markets, when you're in your 50s, you can say, you could feel like, I don't have enough time to recover from this, mm-hmm. and therefore I need to go low risk. Well, wait a second. Are you, we're hoping that you live into your late 80s or 90s. So you're going to go low risk for the next 40 years? No, can't do that. Right. Can't do that. Right. It's important to recognize that day one of retirement, you're not going to spend all of your nest egg, right? You better not, anyway. Um, so, so you're facing a, a time horizon that, as you're saying, Kev, or Mike, is is decades long, right? Yeah. Just gave you the best Thank, compliment of your life. Compliment. My yes. goodness. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, if some of this money is going to be invested for years and years and years, then don't make it your safe, steady money. Let it be your growth-oriented. Um, more more aggressive even at so, times. So here's an idea. Maybe if you've got an an IRA that is where you consolidated some old 401ks, make sure you've got the right level of diversification. And if you're concerned right now, then maybe dial that diversification, dial that risk down just just slightly. But your 401k dollars, oh, keep those at high risk. Keep those at high risk simply because you're you're contributing every single paycheck. And as we have volatile markets, you're able to buy in lower, right? So you're able to buy more shares at at lower prices. When you're contributing, say, $1,000 a month and share prices drop 20%, you're now buying more shares Mm -hmm. at cheaper prices when they were higher. That works to your advantage. So making sure that your investment decisions are connected with that retirement plan is one of the most important things you need to be focused on and aware of financially in your 50s. And so often, guys, we see the mistake where people have those detached. They let their emotions get the best of them in their investments, and pretty soon they've got an allocation that doesn't line up with their overall financial plan and financial goals. What about the other major financial decisions and advice you need to hear if you're in your 50s? We've got that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. When you're in your 50s, are are there big decisions that you need to make in the area of protection planning when you look at your your insurance package? Yes, there is. There's a new one that you need to be aware of. We're going to help you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Wherever you listen, go search the Wise Money Show. And then subscribe to it there and and follow us, but then also rate the program on podcast. We appreciate it. That helps give feedback to us and helps other listeners who are seeking wise financial content, helps them find us as well. So please do so. All right, we're talking about, we're, we're continuing our series on biggest financial decisions, most important financial advice by decade, and we're in the 50s. And 
we've made our way around the circle to protection planning. Now, protection planning is all about risk management. And financially, we all carry that sort of have to make big risk decisions in five major risk areas. The risk of passing away early, life insurance. The risk of not being able to earn an income, disability insurance. The risk of having a health emergency, health insurance. The risk of uh, causing some property damage or having some liability, home and auto insurance. But then here's the new one that you've got to face and confront in your 50s. And that is the risk of needing long-term care, long-term health care. Now, we're bringing this up in the 50s, not because the risk is significant that you're going to need care in your 50s. It's actually very low, okay? But it's at this, it's in this decade where you need to make a decision about whether you'll have care or whether you'll have coverage or what type of coverage you'll have when you will likely need care in your late 70s, 80s, maybe 90s. Right. You know, um, throughout your working career, one of the, the number one risks that you face is that you get conked on the head or injured and you can't work the rest of your your working years. Um, you know, your, your career ends early and all that income, all that um, wage potential, um, all, all those earnings, they go away. And you, you think about the financial consequences of that. They are severe to the family. And that's why disability insurance earlier on in, in your career is really, really important. Most people, they actually think of life insurance as the more important thing just because obviously if you were completely gone, um, you know, the, the hit to the family could be pretty significant. But actually, financially, it's more likely that you become disabled than die early mm-hmm. for most people, mm-hmm. unless there's some diagnosis or something in, in your past. But eventually, you get to an age where things shift. And now all of a sudden, the, the risk is, as Mike was saying, it's a long-term care concern where not that you're going to pass away, but that something deteriorates in your health and you need some sort of skilled care, some sort of assistance with just normal activities of life. And, um, and it's expensive to have. And, and that's why um, you know, it, can, it can wreck someone's financial life in a hurry, just completely deteriorate a retirement nest egg if you're not, not prepared. So it's in your 50s that you have to put the, the game plan in place. You've got to be thinking ahead to those later years. Right. And it's in the same way we're talking about in your 50s, you might move into being kind of a sandwich generation, taking care of aging parents and adult uh, adulting children. Mm-hmm. You Disability insurance protects your ability to make an income. Long-term care insurance is meant to protect the assets that you've accumulated. And by 50, a couple things are happening. Number one is in your early 50s, you've started to accumulate some assets. But the other thing is, if you don't get long-term care in your early 50s, you're likely going to be priced out of the market. Yeah, I mean, And not, not because someone's mean, but simply because you're going to look at that price and you're going to say, no way, I'm not, I'm not doing that. It's, a, it's now a risk-reward decision, and uh, I guess I'll live with the risk, which is one of the decisions that you can make. I mean, this isn't... The, going through those five different areas of risk isn't, well, I'm supposed to load up on insurance and all of these. Well, if you want to transfer the risk and given your financial situation, um, it may make sense to do that. But 
by if the longer you wait on long-term care, the more likely you're going to say, I'm just going to, I just have to live with this risk because I can't pay. I'm unwilling to pay that much. So you're talking about getting priced out of the market, but I'm also saying you could have a health event yeah. that, yeah, that the insurance, yep. I mean, here's what, you know, if, if you're healthy up to the point that you say no to the insurance company, the insurance company can also say no to you. Right. And so, because once the health event has happened, it you you, you just can't get it. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is why, when you look at should I should I still keep my disability policy? Because in your fifties, your disability policy likely is going to pay until maybe sixty five. Uh, Some of them sixty seven, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. So you, you you might have a a ten to seventeen year window. Hey, if I get disabled today at fifty, I'll get fifteen to seventeen years worth of benefit. Long-term care. But the other thing is is your life insurance because a lot of times if you had a 20 or 30-year term, those might be maturing in your 50s. Mm-hmm. And so you say, well, what do I do with a term insurance policy that is expiring? And a lot of term insurance policies don't expire, but after the term certain date, you would likely, unless you knew you were going to die shortly – you would likely not pay the premiums because if you have a 20-year term in year 21, the the price might be 10 times annually what you were paying. Yeah, as you get closer to the end of those term life insurance periods, I think you really need to almost dust off those old booklets that you have in a in a filing cabinet somewhere and just reacquaint yourself with the provisions and some of the features of this policy because if something significant has changed in your health. You have, uh, you know, gotten some diagnosis or some sort of condition that would make it so that you can't go buy life insurance today. No one would offer it to you because there's just too much risk of you passing away. Um, if that's the case, you may need to be looking at some of the, the details of that policy that could actually allow you to turn it from a temporary policy into a permanent insurance. Mm-hmm. And, and your family might need that. Um, but those are those are sometimes provisions that just expire before the policy is even up, uh, depending on how how the contract was written and everything. And you may then, if you're if you've got a life insurance decision to make, and you need to assess your risk game plan with long term care, there are ways you can combine those. Actually, there's new hybrid type tools. Now, we're not promoting those. We're telling you they're out there. Work with your certified financial planner. See if that makes sense. A lot more protection planning decisions. We'd spend the entire episode on that. Let's mm-hmm. transition to tax planning, though, and, and these next couple of minutes. What are some of the big tax planning decisions that you need to make in your 50s? I think right now, since you're closer to retirement and you're fine-tuning that plan, you need to look at tax diversification. Yeah. What will your tax diversification be in retirement? Yeah, and basically what you're referring to are if you've been just piling money into your 401k for years because someone told you early on that that's just a smart thing to do, maybe you need to be looking at, should I add some Roth dollars um, to an account, either to your 401k if your 401k offers that, or you can set up your own Roth IRA directly as well. But um, the, the point here is getting to retirement when you have some money that's never been taxed, and it will be taxed when you pull it out, 
That's good. We're hoping you're in a lower tax bracket when that happens. You may also want to have the the extra flexibility to also draw upon some accounts that have no tax liability attached to it. Mm-hmm. When you draw out of a Roth IRA and it comes out tax-free, that could make the difference between you jumping into a higher tax bracket later on or crossing some thresholds with your income that uh, that cause you to pay more tax or even pay more premiums on your Medicare. So you're basically giving yourself some built-in flexibility when you think beyond just a traditional 401k. I love the strategy in your 50s of maximizing your pre-tax 401k and then maximizing your Roth IRA contribution. That gives you this tax diversification and is pumping a lot of money into your investments at a great time and towards your financial plan or retirement plan at a great time as well. All right, we've got more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show. Subscribe to it there. Turn on notifications because we drop a lot of content there, especially as the markets are moving fast. The economy is is uh, is very tricky at the moment. So um, go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, and follow us there. Leave comments there as well. We we appreciate that and can use those as questions for upcoming programs. Um, all right, so tax planning. In your 50s, uh, something else happens with your taxes. You need to be forward-thinking and thinking about your tax diversification. Again, love the max pre-tax IRAs, or excuse me, pre-tax 401ks, and then fund fully a Roth IRA. Added to that, fund fully that HSA. Oh, yes, that's the sweet spot right there. Maximizing all three of those buckets gives you tons of tax diversification. Here's something else that happens typically in your 50s. Those kiddos are going to come off your tax return. And for a while, depending on your income, for 20 years, you've gotten some sort of tax benefit for those kids. And most recently, they those tax benefits have come in the form of credits, which is a dollar-for-dollar dollar reduction. After your tax is calculated, it reduces your tax dollar-for-dollar. Dollar. Child tax credit of a couple grand and an American Opportunity tax credit, which is a college credit, of $2,500. When that's gone, that can be a shock. Yeah. That can create some tax surprise. And work with your CFP to see, well, are there other deductions or other adjustments you can make? And sometimes there isn't, and you just need to be prepared to to, to have more taxes withheld. You know, this is one of the reasons why I'm never shy about suggesting to our clients that they actually lean on our tax team for their tax preparation and their tax planning because when, you know, in the spring, we get to deliver those tax returns to the client. We get to reveal to them how all the planning from back in the fall played out and and how there, there really weren't any surprises, but uh, hopefully. Um, mm. But there, it's also the time to begin turning the attention to the new year, right? It's not too early in the spring to already be considering how is your tax picture going to change from year to year. I would want you to know in March that hey, that credit that you've been used to that saved you $2,500 and maybe put you in refund mode, it's going away this year. And so if everything else stays the same, all of a sudden you go from getting a nice big check from the government deposited into your checking account to now uh, you owe them. You're writing a check to them. And boy, that is a surprise that you don't want to find in March. 
Um, it's better to, to get that now and adjust your tax withholdings potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's some additional uh, tax credits that you could be taking advantage of or, or just some tax planning that it needs to shift. And it's often in these, it's in the, the decade of the 50s that your game plan begins to adjust. And typically when you're faced with that, it is, well, your, your CFP, providing clarity, confidence, but also creativity. Well, some adjustments you could make. You could, you're, you're not quite maximizing your HSA contribution, and here's why that's a good idea to do. Can we carve out some cash flow to make sure that you maximize that and increase your deduction there? Can you contribute, you know, you've been contributing 10% to that 401k. Can we increase that to 14%? That will create an additional deduction as well. Some of those things you're going to want to look at with your with your CFP. Also, if those college uh, tax credits are coming off the return, so maybe is a state tax credit as well, a 529 plan. And this is a time when you have to say, well, working with your CFP, well, then do you stop that contribution or do you just keep it going? Because from a overall financial planning standpoint, you're in good shape and continue to contribute to a 529 for a future grandchild, something like that. Yeah. And this is, this is some advice that is not necessarily you know, intended for your 50s. But I would say if you're a business owner, there's two different types of um, structures. There's a tax structure and a legal structure for your business. So Mm -hmm. the legal structure for your business, a lot of people will set up what's called an LLC. So that's your legal structure. And if you don't do anything else, that's also your tax structure. But if you make what's called an S-Corp election, then the the S-Corp is your tax structure. The LLC can still be your legal structure. And one of the things that um, just hot off the presses, because I spent a good chunk of time this week working with small business owners that have never really sought out uh, financial advice, because if you say to them, well, who helps you with your tax planning? They don't really have help with their tax planning for the most part. They have compliance help to make sure that they're, they're um, not in trouble uh, from a tax standpoint, but there's no one saying, hey, on the art side of the equation, maybe your salary should be set here. And with your salary, all you're going to do is pay taxes and fund a retirement plan. Yep. And you're going to live on uh, profits from the business. Mm-hmm. So so there, in that, there, there's a lot of art to that. And, and so I would say if you're a business owner, you're listening to this and you haven't done that, Make sure you 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 work with someone who does tax planning. Yeah, I'm so glad you went there because uh, that just applies to more and more people. You know, especially coming out of the pandemic, there's so many people who have set up a side hustle that's really kind of growing into a true business. Uh, you know, I, I have clients who ha- have some self-employed income that's as big or bigger than their normal salary through through work, mm-hmm. and uh, it creates some tax pain unless they're really proactive and often utilizing things like those retirement plans that you were referring to, Kevin. I actually think that is more common in your 50s. I mean, if, you, if you're mm-hmm. an entrepreneur and you've started a business, uh, likely in your 50s is when you're really getting traction, that business is actually yes. starting to create some cash flow and you've got more choices. Maybe you, hadn't even, you didn't even have the income to say that I'll just live on the dividends, but mm-hmm. now you do. And, and making a wise... Um, tax planning decision then is crucial. Let's transition to estate planning. In your 50s, 
this is a time when you need to be reviewing your estate plan. Now, hopefully your CFP is doing comprehensive financial planning and they're going to review your estate plan with you every two, three years, something like that. But in your 50s, likely you now have adult children that you've seen how they've matured and hopefully all of them are, are, are folks that you would trust to make uh, great decisions and play certain roles in your estate plan. Maybe not all of them, but <laughs> now is the time when you might take a look and say, hey, I, you know, Aunt Ida, I used to have as, uh, as, the, as the trustee. And listen, Aunt Ida, she's, she's probably not capable of doing that anymore. And the oldest child has a good head on their shoulders. We're going to have them listed as the primary trustee if mom and dad are unable to do that. So you might have even uh, want to update beneficiaries as well at this stage because, again, those children are growing. Yep. You know, most of the time we think of the estate plan as being built to benefit other people after you're gone, right? Um, You know, as you're saying, Mike, um, if you're gone tomorrow or you you passed away yesterday, um, what would have happened to the things that you're leaving behind? Would they have gone to the people that you care the most about and that you're trying to bless their life? And would it have been left to them in a condition that actually is a blessing and not a mess or or actually harms them because of too much money, too soon, that, that kind of thing? Well, what may have been true 10 years ago about your kids hopefully is not still true today. Mm-hmm. They, they've grown, they've matured, and the structure of how you leave things to them maybe needs to e- evolve right along with their own development. Same with a revocable living trust. Now is a time when in your 50s, you might have more assets. You might have assets in different jurisdictions yep. in your 50s. Typically in your 20s, you're not going to have a lake house in Michigan and live in Indiana, right? <laughs> if so, give me a call. Uh, <laughs> I like jet skis. Uh, my kids do too. So no, in your 50s, your assets are expanding and therefore it may make sense to even consider a different estate planning structure, mm-hmm. including uh, maybe a revocable living trust. Right. Well, in your 50s, it, it that might be the time when you're finally financially looking at, do I get a second property? And if I live in Indiana and buy a second property in Michigan, if I live in Michigan and buy a second property in Florida or fill in the blank, that's where I want to make sure the ownership of these things is correct. I I appreciate how you say if you live in Indiana, you might buy a place in Michigan. But if you live in Michigan, you're not buying a place in Indiana. (laughs) You'll buy your place in Florida instead. That is the truth. No, you. So I, I don't know. I, I can. There's lots of cool places in Indiana. I like the bad place. All right. Uh, (laughs) Nice try. Okay. (laughs) Lastly, the sixth area of your, of your overall financial life is actually we're going to end with the first. Okay, and that's present financial position. Now let me throw a couple of these at you. In your fifties, here's what you're probably juggling with cash flow. You're realizing that these adult children aren't going to be under your roof forever. And so you want to plan bigger vacations that bring more memories because you're realizing you're going to have fewer of these times. Okay. So those are costly. Um, House renovations and upgrades. You likely the kids, you know, repairs after the kids have destroyed the house. That's what I'm facing. I've got about, I've got about three holes in the wall. (laughs) I'm serious that we're just leaving because you know, they might, they'll probably make another one. But, but by that time, you know, you got to update those things. You might want to move at this time. Kids are out of the house. You might be looking saying we're close enough to retiring. We'd love to get this mortgage off our backs. And then lastly, we probably got a wedding or two. 
and and hopefully we do, or maybe we want to help gift some assets to the kids so they can get started in their life strong. I mean, these that's all happening in your 50s. Lots of demands on your cash. Yeah. Well, and because the 60s come after the 50s, I think it's important that what you do and the, the groundwork that you lay during this decade is really, really critical. And uh, as we said earlier uh, in in this show, it's possible that you reach a stage in life where you've got more income than you've ever had before. You're you're starting to feel more financially free, and because of that, you may start adding some things to your lifestyle that erode actually your ability to go reach goals. There, it's competing uh, attention for for your finances, and so I I think it's important that in this stage of life in this decade, if you haven't done it already, if you've been kind of living your financial life by the seat of your pants, it's time to start getting a a plan in place. And that may include a budget or some sort of cash flow plan. So you're directing the right dollars to the right things and not just letting the whims of life uh, pull at your your resources. If you have not developed that area of your life, your financial life, then go take a class. Go to Financial Peace University. Um, there's tons of great educational stuff online, YouTube, wherever. But start learning, start engaging. That and do not hear me say start trading, right? Yeah. Because right. that's what everyone is tempted to do. They're like, oh, okay, well, this is good. Uh, you know, I can I can get that Ferrari that Josh was talking about at the beginning of the show <laughs> uh, with my my Bitcoin earnings uh, or, or or whatever. I'm like, no, don't do that. Don't. But you know, to a person. Everyone says, man, I wish I'd started this earlier. Yep. Well, now's a good time to get started. Yep. Get started. That, that's exactly right. 50s, it's a crucial decade. Okay, and Kevin said earlier, uh, possibly one of the most important decades in your financial life. I'll, I'll end where we started, and that is likely the most important financial decision you can make in your 50s is to hire the right CFP that's doing comprehensive financial planning. If you don't have that relationship started, that's your action item for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Is that what you're thinking? No. I would uh, summarize gonna, after uh, the I'm, tech. Yes. I'll drive. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> How many hosts do we have on this show? Seven. Right. <laughs> Ready? Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.